Oh, it was a Broadway musical live. What was it? Oh my God, okay. Wicked. I saw Wicked okay. live in eighth grade. And that was, I think, the first time I'd seen live music outside of going to church. Mm. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> like, different. Yeah, because, I mean, Broadway, too, they're really they're really singing. Yeah, yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> so, no attitude, no nothing. Yeah, I remember I'm just, like, sitting there in eighth grade. I just had chills, like, all up and down my arm. And, I mean, just, like, how dramatic it was and, you know, how powerful it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was. It just, like, it felt good. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast, episode 149. I am your host, Noah Alvarez, and first off, I want to thank all you guys that are tuning in right now, listening to the show. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're on Apple Podcasts, man. We're on everything that you can find, podcasts, and if you would like to watch the show with visuals, well, you could do so on YouTube as well. Just search up my name, Noah Alvarez, and you can find my Mike and I playlist under the videos tab, and you can tune into all the episodes on there. Now, I appreciate your guys' continuous support. If you could do me a favor, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it takes about maybe a minute or two of your time. You can leave a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate that because that would help new listeners get a gauge on what this show is all about when they stumble upon it on Apple Podcasts. So if you got one or two minutes free right now, please go ahead and leave a rating and review. It could be episode specific about a particular interview that you like, or it could be just in general about the podcast. That would be super helpful, guys. So shout out to you guys. You can also support the podcast on the Instagram platform at my period Mike and period I. I like to promote audio and visual snippets on the show, also take pictures when I'm with the guests, that kind of thing. So just a lot of have a, a, a lot of fun promoting different things of the community, whether it's people who have been on the show previously or people that I've worked with and when they set up community events or have a new song released or they have something that they want to announce, I like to help promote them on that platform as well. You can also follow me on Twitter, a little bit more of a personal account, but you can find me at underscore Noah Alvarez. That's on Twitter. I like to promote the show and I promote different podcasts and just have, you know, fun on Twitter because that's what Twitter is for. Now, should we get into this week's episode? I think there's one more thing and I there is one more thing. Just be sure to check out true100radio.com spelled T-R-U, the number 100radio.com. I have the pleasure of being a part of the staff over there at True 100 Radio. Shout out to Jamal Bostic for setting it all up together. It's a collection of a lot of different podcasts and radio shows on one online platform. We're also going to start having some more blogs for you guys, some by yours truly. I do have a blog coming out later this month that I'm in the works of. There's also some other sports blogs, there's some more pop culture blogs, and like I said, there's a bunch of podcasts like you're doing Find Miha, Stupid Geniuses, The Morning Routine, all kinds of good stuff on that platform, so be sure to check it out. That's T-R-U, the number 100, radio.com. Now, I think we can go ahead and get into this week's episode. Can I get a drum roll, please? This week's guest for episode 149 is none other than Blake Jones. Blake Jones is an artist out of Orange County, California, the city of Santa Ana to be specific. And we talk about him growing up with music, his earliest recordings, what that sounded like. We also talk about the school system too and some of our experiences in high school and I guess you could say the lack of 
things that we learned that we are applying to the real world. It's a pretty good discussion back and forth about the school stuff too. So that was fun and a little bit unexpected, but I like the unexpected here at my mic and I. So without further ado, hope you guys enjoy the conversation between Blake Jones and myself. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but yeah, it's good to finally have you on. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. So have you, were you born and raised in Santa Ana? Um, I was, my house address has always been Santa Ana, but I thought it was interesting when uh, you sent me the address to meet up over here, because yeah. this is actually the area that me and my friends growing up, we'd be more, mm. we'd be over here, we'd be at the Circle, um, up in like Villa Park, if you know where, oh, what's that mall called? Like the, the Village. village? The Village. Yeah. 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 That spot is, uh, <laughs> yeah, that spot has a lot of history. <laughs> there you go. It's fun, because... Well, I like going there because it's pretty empty. Like, it's for mm. a mall, it's a relatively empty mall. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the that that spot has, um, I mean, that's that spot's grown like a lot mm-hmm. as well, but mostly just corporate taking it over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I remember there was a lot, like, when we first moved here, because I, I moved here around middle school and I grew up also in Santa Ana. Mm. But the village was a lot more popping. Like, there was a Foot Locker. There was, like, one of those as-seen-on-TV places. Or oh, like, yeah, I remember that spot. Yeah. yeah, there was, like, a GNC. There was a Carl's Jr. in the mall. Um, and then, you know, slowly, one by one, I know the JCPenney went out of business. A bunch of businesses mm. kind of hopped out. And then I think the Sears is going to be next. And, yeah, um, no, not Sears. <laughs> not Sears. <laughs> not Sears, yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I guess I wanted to ask you the Santa Ana question, though, because it doesn't have to be just Santa Ana, but, like, how would you describe... Santa Ana or Orange County? Man, so... So, Santa Ana does have... Santa Ana does have a lot of... Uh, uh, like, it means a lot to me, that spot. Mm-hmm. That's where I've actually f- feel I've found a lot of myself, where I found a lot of my friends and a lot of like-minded people is over in Santa Ana. <laughs> my address, I actually live very close to uh, Santa Ana College. Mm-hmm. And I was going to school up in, uh, I was going to high school and elementary, like through over here in Orange. Mm-hmm. Then when I went to college, that's when I decided I was going to go to Santa Ana College because I mean, it's right, it was right there. Mm-hmm. And also, also my, uh, I think it was like my girlfriend or one of my other friends was going to Santa Ana College at the time. Okay. And so, yeah, no, it was my girlfriend. That's right. And she said, she's like, oh, babe, you got to come. She's like, please, you got to come over here that way. She was a, she was a year older than me. Mm-hmm. So she was the one who convinced me to go over there. I remember that. And then uh, going to school over at Santa Ana College, I started getting a job over in downtown Santa Ana, right? Okay. The 4th Street Market. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when... Well, first it was just, I would just work there and then I was just going to school. And I remember I was going to school for music. I was studying like classical music for, oh, okay. yeah, I was studying classical music for a year and a half. Um, but slowly as being exposed to different things over in Santa Ana, I realized that this is maybe not necessarily the music that I want to uh, pursue. You know, this is, this is something much more technical than the type of music that is I'm trying to produce, the type of music is I'm trying to hmm. sing and get on. Okay. So, I remember I was working. Uh, I was I was working one day. This is like I'd go to class, go to 
go to work, go to class, go to work. That's all it was. And I was on my break, and I see this gentleman in a, uh, he was in a blazer. He's carrying a golden trumpet. Oh. And, yeah, and he's just walking through, he's walking through uh, uh, the market. He's just scoping it out. And I don't know what it was. I could just, like, feel, I could just feel his energy. And I was like, man, nobody carries around a trumpet. Like, yeah. So this guy's a real musician. <laughs> and I I just said, I don't know, I said some comment to him, said something about his trumpet. Mm-hmm. And he decided to open up a conversation with me. We had, like, a little, we were just talking for a little bit. Okay. And I introduced myself. I said, hey, man, I'm Blake. And he's like, hey, I'm, uh, at the time he went by a Laws Apprentice, but that's a Laws Vincent. Mm-hmm. Uh, people know him in the scene. He started the Cool App Project. Right. Wait, you've been to the Cool App Project, right? Yeah, a few times, yeah. Yeah, so this was the very, very beginning before that. Mm-hmm. He told me, he said, hey, man, I have an open mic um, for musicians, and it's not like any open mic you've seen before. I want to try to get everyone involved. I, It's less of a display of talent and more of a community um type of event yeah very encouraging yeah yeah i mean if you go you know the cool app project is i feel like it's home for a lot of people and it uh has given a lot of a lot of people like a voice that didn't even necessarily know that they had one you know right i was super pumped i was like oh hell yeah (laughs) like i was playing a lot of piano at the time but playing classical piano still learning you know Mm -hmm. so i was not um, I had no idea what, what we were getting into. Uh-huh. Jazz is like a different, a different beast. Okay. And that's where like the roots of, uh, cool that really is. Nice. Yeah. So I go there and I remember it was me and like a handful of other people <laughs> at the cool that project. The first one or the first couple. Yeah. Ones? The first, the, yeah. Like the very, the very first one, it was, man, Apollo Bebop was up there. Allah's. And then myself, Lauren, and, like, a couple other people. Okay. And then just whoever else was in the forestry market. Um, yeah, so I just remember going a couple times and being having a spot that I was able to express and it not just be, like, a display of, of uh, uh, talent, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, like, a display of, like, here's my, here's my little song and dance. I hope you like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was actual like engagement Mm -hmm. so that was the that was the first step into why i feel so attached to santa Ana. yeah and a big piece of like what santa Ana even means to me you know Mm -hmm. that's like the genesis of all this yeah that's cool i think it's it's good energy i mean the first time i went in there was Mm -hmm. from another artist who i had on the podcast and i've met a lot of artists that i eventually went on to record podcasts with at the cool lab but it's just all good energy, like, you know, you're not gonna, mm. it almost felt like, a, instead of like an open mic, it felt more like a little concert, you know, like a oh. a tiny, <laughs> like a tiny, tiny venue. I don't know if you've ever been to something like that, but it's so intimate because it's, you know, you could probably, like even before COVID, maybe like a hundred people could get in, 80. Yeah, we would have like 80 to 100 people in there, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like in the last couple, the I want to say the last uh year and a half that it was in person Mm -hmm. yeah there'd be like 50 to 100 people there easy Mm -hmm. damn (laughs) and and it was cool though like you know like there was a lot of um you know rocky was the mc towards the end of it and at least when every time i went but it was always fun to like you know hear him introduce and like interact with the crowd he would always do something a little crafty Mm -hmm. and then you just hear like you know there was there wasn't just like one genre it was like someone who would do hip-hop 
someone do like a comedy stand up. Someone would just like play an instrument. And it was cool to see like the variety of people, you know? Yeah. And I feel it really gives a space for uh, people to just be creative and express themselves. And there's a lot less pressure, mm. especially because anybody who wants to do music and everybody who's, I feel like everyone's a rapper these days, you know, <laughs> but everyone who wants to do music, there's so much pressure to, to like, I want to say like commodity. There's like art has been commoditized like that, where mm. there's so much pressure to, oh, make money or to, uh, uh, like do something big major with it. Yeah. Instead of it just being for what it is, which what art has always been is just to express and just to share something with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Ab was like a great start to that. That's where I met a lot of my, a lot of my good friends now. And that's where I found like a majority of uh, my people mm -hmm. that's on one side of fourth street. Now on literally across the street, <laughs> this is where I met my other boys, um, which was, more of like, cause okay, so during during the start, like the genesis of Coolab, this was also the genesis of a lot of my other, uh, a lot of other people's careers, like in mm -hmm. Santa Ana, that are still growing. Yeah. Mm, I recall specifically though, that's when I met Eric Young and the rest of Seven Fourteen, mm -hmm. and they were putting on shows in a completely different way. They're put on shows. They were like a house party, like <laughs> just get crazy. Uh, yeah, they're throwing fucking rocks. They're fucking rock stars. That's what yeah. it is. They're still fucking rock stars. It's just COVID shut everything down. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Santa Ana is where I've gone. Like, there's a lot of flavor in Santa Ana. There's yeah. a lot of flavor. I feel like that's why there's so much art down there. Mm -hmm. Is because that. There's space um, to create. There's space to express, and space to space to learn. You know what I mean? Okay, right on. When did you first discover that you wanted to do music like serious after uh, high school? Mm. Let's see. Well, I knew I always wanted to do music. Uh, I didn't know that it was, I didn't know it was that I wanted to be in the industry. I knew I wanted to do something with music. Okay. Yeah. And in high school, what had happened was, uh, well, <laughs> what had happened was, um, my junior year, all my friends were older. So all my friends had graduated by the time I was a junior. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. And then I turned 18, like in the spring that time. So I was like, okay, well, uh, I'm done with this. Like none of my friends are here. And at the time the high school I was going to, like, I wasn't really, I felt like it wasn't really any point. I felt like it was just taking up a part of my, like a large part of my day for no reason. Yeah. So I quote unquote dropped out, mm. finished getting my, uh, finished getting my, my, degree at um or my diploma at Santa Ana College they have like a continuation school yeah and so I was doing I was finishing up the credits I needed I needed like 20 credits and then I was also taking a couple classes um at Santa Ana College okay yeah so <laughs> man <laughs> like the freaking <laughs> I'm thinking back to the uh 
the the continuation class man it was literally just you could find all the answers in the book like it was no oh, okay. i felt like i was in fifth grade like that shit was so easy yeah <laughs> to get you by yeah and then yeah so i mean that was that was something i had to do though because when i told my parents hey i want to <laughs> i want to drop out of high school to go to college to pursue music they said uh yeah you better figure out how you're gonna get your ged your diploma <laughs> like they were not i mean they've always been super supportive but they were like no, yeah you're not gonna drop out of high school like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be a shocking thing to hear Nah, i mean <laughs> i mean what like not knowing my parents like nah they have you know they have they have my they have my best uh uh you know they have my best at heart so okay they were like especially because i mean i'm eight, i just you know I just turned 18 mm-hmm. like i think i know everything and they're like no you don't you know <laughs> so um i'm sorry i totally like digress what was it what was it? oh when i figured out i wanted to do music yeah and you said you've always wanted to do it but i guess if like you could remember your earliest encounter like what made you want to always do music growing up yeah oh what made me want to do music hmm Well, I've always loved, uh, I've always loved art. Mm-hmm. I've always loved art and expression. And I remember I was super into, uh, super into poetry, like throughout middle school and even high school and still today. And mm, I don't know. I think what, I, it's weird. Cause I think what attracted me to music was, uh, in I want to say like during middle school the uh that was the era of let's say like I think 2011 to 14 or something and this is when YouTube was popping you know Mm -hmm. I mean like all you know or you just get lost in finding new and new music back in those days you know what I'm talking about yeah you're sitting in the big black computer chair like (laughs) and you just keep playing the next one keep finding all these great artists these great songs Mm mm-hmm so that's kind of the era that I grew up in. And that's also when, I mean, damn, that's also when YouTube was still super new. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just the being, I don't know, just, I don't know, just sounded good. Sound looked like something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're watching these music videos, you're watching these, even these live performances. And I think that's the other thing too was, the music videos is what got me attracted. Like, yo, what the hell is this? Yeah. People, people live like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it was a, you know, it was a freaking music videos. But, right. Yeah. But then the live performances as well. That, um, I mean, actually, you know, scratch all that. I remember what it was, was I had seen, uh, uh, I had seen a show live. What was it? Oh, it was a Broadway musical live. What was it? Oh, my God. Okay. Wicked. I saw Wicked okay. live in eighth grade. And that was, I think, the first time I'd seen live music outside of going to church. Mm. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, different. Yeah, because, I mean, Broadway, too, they're really they're really singing. Yeah, yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> so, no attitude, no nothing. Yeah, I remember I'm just, like, sitting there in eighth grade. I just had chills, like, all up and down my arm. And, I mean, just, like, how dramatic it was and you know how powerful it was mm-hmm. maybe that's what it was it just like it felt good yeah yeah i think it just like felt good i've never been to a broadway but i've seen like the musicals that they'll have on um like dvd or 
now that they're on streaming platforms like uh, Hamilton mm. was the last one I saw. Like Shrek the Musical? I've <laughs> not seen Shrek the Musical, but uh, <laughs> no, but Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton's a really good one too. Yeah, and I just it's something like you, it's not anything like you could compare it to like any TV or movies that like are normally on. Mm. So it's it's like such a different experience. Like I, I think everyone should check out something like that at least once and give it a chance because it's like you said, it's very different than like a movie or a TV show or even just like other music that we hear sometimes. Yeah, and I mean they're doing the most like up there. You know, they're singing, they're dancing, they're remembering lines. And on top of that, they have to execute it. It's not just about getting the lines out, it's not just about singing the song, it's about execution. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean any live uh any live show, but I just remember like Broadway was really what cuz we went on a the 8th grade trip to like New York or something like that. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, I don't know if they had that. At... I think it was ours. Our school did to DC. Okay. Yeah. 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 So one of the stops was in. They're like, we're gonna see a Broadway musical that year. It was Wicked. Oh damn, that's tight. And so yeah. you saw it in New York too, then. Yeah, huh? not on Broadway. Hold up, not on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> not on actual Broadway. Yeah. But in a theater that was still. That's still dope. dope. Like, <laughs> yeah, New York's like the mecca of like all that theater Broadway stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do theater like growing up in school? Damn, I hate to admit it, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was, uh, that was the other thing too, is like during high school, I mean, I was, during high school, like I had a choice between taking either theater or Spanish. I remember I said, you know, I'll take theater this year at first, like just to get it out of the way. And then I'll take Spanish next year because I felt like I was going to enjoy Spanish more than theater. Okay. First I was like, "Eh, theater. (laughs) Then... And then um, I just remember I just had like a really excellent teacher and I didn't even realize I was like, wow, this is actually, I was like, wow, this is actually something that I want to, uh, this is something that I actually want to put my best effort in you okay. know, while I'm here. And then also like all my other classes felt like bullshit. Like they really felt like bullshit. Right. Yeah. Did, I mean, is that, that experience is not exclusive. Like other, I feel like, I mean you've been at you've been at high school and you feel like that shit's stupid huh it does i, I even think like lower levels they teach you a lot of stuff that kind of just seems pointless and now i'm on the other side of it yeah and i'm helping kids i'm coach kids i'm you know like very involved in the school system where i work at and it's kind of like a, a lot of these kids just like hate school and, mm. and, and i always thought that was weird like like why why do they make us go here to somewhere where we hate and they make it even more miserable with this like curriculum that could be sometimes overwhelming and at the end of it, like, you don't have a lot. There's there's so, I'm sure there's, like, little things that I could we could find that we use from high school and other stuff that we learned there. But I feel like it's, if you look at the grand circle of things, it's mm. less than 50%. Like, less, less than 50% of the stuff I learned in high school I don't use in, like, everyday life. Yeah. I mean, education is important. Yeah. And I think that there, that's not to say every single class was uh, absolute BS, but... I feel it really needs to change what the what the values are that the teachers have. Yeah. Because granted, I did have some excellent teachers. I did have some excellent teachers that actually wanted the kids to learn something mm. or learn the principle or something something more than just did you get the right answer, yes or no. Right. More concerned with do you understand what you're doing? And also, I remember I had this one teacher who really was... He didn't say it directly, but I remember he was really focused on making sure we had a good relationship with studying and with um, how it is we 
put value onto these uh, onto our courses because mm. a lot of the time you see it all the time is people excuse me you see it all the time is like uh, there's so much I mean there's already a lot of stress like when you're in high school and that's your whole world yeah then putting all your value into your grades and putting all your value into you know did I pass yes or no right I mean, that's why a lot of people don't care, you know? I didn't care. I was like... Also, on top of that, for me, though, it was... For me, high school was, like, really... Uh, it was either really easy or I just found a way to be able to BS everything. It didn't really... It didn't yeah. matter. And I think that's, like, that was similar to my experience. I I'd always had a really good memory. So, I think from, like, an early age, like, school was relatively easy. Like, especially, like, histories, um, a little bit of science. Like, stuff that you don't have to do as much formulas and everything where it's just like, hey, remember these vocab words. Remember... Yeah. You know, hey, like, remember this historical historical event and the dates. Like, I could always pass that with flying colors because I just had a good memory. But I, I always, I just thought, like, a lot of the arts, uh, not the art, the math stuff was just, like, super technical. And that was, at the end of the day, like, more draining than I think it was helpful. Mm. But I just always think, like, I, I regret not taking more arts mm. when I was in class, uh, high school. I did end up taking, like, a art class my senior year. But I just knew, like, seniors took it because it was, like, a BS class that mm. you could get away with doing very little work yeah literally. <laughs> and, and, literally and i but i ended up liking it you know and i was like oh shit this is fun like i think i took a um what it wasn't there was a specific word for it but i forgot what it was called but we did the yearbook my junior year and even then like that was kind of cool because we got to take pictures of like different sporting events uh if a teacher we had to like you know be on the it was kind of like being like a little reporter because obviously like the only thing that we would do was for the end of the year yearbook but, oh, okay. So you guys would do the journal entries and all that or the... Yeah, essentially. Okay, yeah. yeah, and I remember, like, there was, like, one teacher, she got, like, an award, and she was also, like, she had, like, a weird backstory, so we had to go interview her, right? We mm. took pictures and then, you know, asked some questions so we could have it on the yearbook page, and she had her own thing. So it was kind of cool to, like, do that, you know, but I think I wish I wish there was more of that, you know? There, that, And most of the time, you only get, like, one, maybe two electives each mm. school year, but I think there should be more balance, like, three electives... <sighs> three like these are your classes kind of deal i mean okay so sounds like your experience you're trying to make sure that the kids that you work with don't have that basically yeah because yeah, i mean but it's so hard i just think it's like the curriculum and like you said too like you had really good teachers i think at my experience at the high school i went to like i didn't i not all of them were terrible. Yeah, I had, like, a couple good. I had, like, there's three in my head when I say that. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of what it was for me, yeah. too. I could probably count them on one hand. Probably, like, four that were, you know, really went the extra effort, made sure we learned something. And I just felt like if you didn't ask or didn't show, like, that you wanted help or anything, like, the teacher would just kind of ignore you and brush over you. And it was kind of like, all right, well, mm. thanks, you know. Yeah, I mean, people are – and that's the thing, too. Kids are scared to ask questions. Because kids are scared to be wrong, you know? Yeah. Scared to be judged or to look at as, like, stupid. And that's that's something, too, that, uh, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Ulysses. <laughs> like, I'm so grateful for that, man. Because uh, I remember he was, he would, he would encourage questions. And then he made sure that even, even if your question was maybe, like, poorly worded, he would, like, li- really try to understand what it was that you were trying to say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, high school, though, yeah, I mean, something has to change. There are, and there are good teachers, good people out there, 
that really are trying to, that really do the most for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, teachers definitely should be paid more. I think a lot become apathetic because maybe it's something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. some events in their own life. Maybe. You know, like all of us, all of us are just going through something. But yeah, the curriculum definitely needs a freaking change. Yeah. And I think one thing I've learned too is like the, um, it's called tenure. You know, when a teacher's been there for so long and hasn't had any like hiccups, they're pretty much set. Like it, they would have to do something so like extravagant, like extravagantly bad mm-hmm. to get fired. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of teachers in that tenure, they just get comfortable mm-hmm. because they know they're, you know, they, they can't be touched. Yeah. And they're just, Sometimes I'll go through the motions, I'll do the, I'll do the minimum, and it affects the kids because, you know, the kids I work with, they, they talk about those teachers the most, too. It's like, ah, oh, this teacher is this and this way, and he's mean, and he's blah, 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 doesn't care, and it's just like, oh, well, like, why doesn't the principal fire him? It's like, oh, he's been here 20-plus years, and he has tenure. Yeah, so you can't. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so like, oh, can't. well, fuck, you know? What, so even, uh, well, how, okay, so do you do, you do uh, through Zoom now, or are you still doing in person? I'm in person, but a lot of the kids are still doing Zoom classes. Um, In the elementary level, I know that they're starting to have kids come back in person. Middle school is like hybrid. So like two days of the week, they're doing stuff in person. Two days of the week, they're doing stuff in Zoom. So it's starting to like go back in person. But (coughs) just, yeah, I did the Zoom thing in the beginning of at the end of last school year, Mm. at the end of the 2020 year. And it's tough, man, you know, because you're com- a lot of kids just I think the biggest thing was just a lot of kids just don't want to show if you make that zoom optional, whether or not they have the resources, whether or not they have a laptop, at no, home they're not going to go. They're not going to go. I mean, if you didn't have a, if you had an excuse to not go to school, tell me you wouldn't go. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I, I think for me, at least too, like the biggest thing I went to school for was to play football and then to hang out with friends. The social side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> like exactly. I didn't like the school was like on the, like the third of my priorities on those you know, those are the two things were in front the of actual, it. yeah, the actual school itself. And man, like, that's the thing too, is with this whole COVID shit, I mean, I wonder, I don't know, I wonder like what was even doing to the kids because their experience now hmm. is entirely different than what is that we had in high school, what is we had in school. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the thing during this whole pandemic I was thinking about too. I was like, damn, like, you know, because I have a nephew, he's 14, 15. Okay. Yeah, so... He's just about to go into high school, but his, uh, yeah, but I remember, like, <laughs> I asked him all the time, I'm like, so what's it like being on Zoom, you know, doing class? And he's like, ah, uh, you just, as long as you just answer the questions when they ask, he's like, you're pretty much fine. You yeah. school for, like, three hours. That's the thing, too. Like, yeah. I, I'm not a big technical person. I know these kids are raised more in the tech era, but, like, mm-hmm. if I had to be on a computer screen for more than, like, two hours, like, I might, might doing not video games yeah yeah even <laughs> yeah. Vi- even video games like i had a limit like i remember mm-hmm. like my eyes would start hurting after like that two hour mark like oh, i could play you. video games for two hours and then like my eyes would get really dry and i'm just like all right i gotta got take you. a break you yeah, know got you so i don't know i just i wasn't really like super big on technology so I, I can only imagine what you know to be forced to sit somewhere and yeah dude hey shout out all the kids shout out all the teachers that have been uh working through this pandemic because mm-hmm. i mean being a teacher in general just that's a pretty that's a pretty big job you know mm-hmm. anything working with kids is a big job yeah <laughs> yeah so crazy times hopefully things do get better soon going back to your music what was some of the first and your earliest recordings and what did they sound like oh man <laughs> oh man 
Oh lord. Okay, so <clears throat> Okay, so <laughs> earliest, man. <laughs> uh Man, okay, my earliest recordings it was on a microphone similar to this. Yeah. It was by Blue, but I remember I had saved up like uh my allowance for like I would get, you know, like maybe like 20 bucks a month or something like that saved up my allowance for like months mm -hmm. and wait hold up no okay my, and I remember I got like a microphone like that found it at the Apple store in uh damn like I just found it at the Apple store in the mall uh -huh. and I was like oh it's a USB mic perfect so I bought it for like a hundred bucks and I had a computer at the time uh had like a 2012 like macbook or something like that mm -hmm. and this is probably eighth grade no no that was high school hold up okay so in eighth grade <laughs> okay no in eighth grade i would record myself on iphone voice memos okay. from my mom's phone <laughs> <laughs> and i'd play like the beat in my headphone like try to rap and then try to sync it up on like audacity or even like windows movie maker i think i used okay i would just put like a black square or, like whatever the images i wanted mm-hmm Damn, <laughs> damn, yeah, and uh, early as shit, man, it was like, it was like, I was rapping, um, and I remember if, like, the first song I actually ever recorded was, it was like a memorial song for 9-11. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because we went to 9-11 memorial on that trip, which mm -hmm. is also where I saw Broadway, like, and... And yeah, then when we came back, that was the first time I like I wrote the song like on the plane. Mm. Uh, cause yeah, I wrote the song to my on on the plane. I had like a little iPod Nano or some shit. <laughs> and then came home, recorded it. Uh, I can't remember like what the lyrics were, but I remember that. Oh, this was also when uh, a large discussion at school was like, was nine eleven. Um, fake or not oh yeah yeah job. even though it was i mean even though it was 2011 or 2010 or something like that uh still that was like a huge discussion at work mm -hmm. at work <laughs> <It's a> huge, <laughs> that was that's what was in the hallways yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah freaking eighth graders swear they have like the in on <laughs> the well i know somebody that knows somebody that yeah you know, like well i was like... literally two when it happened but like what my dad told me <laughs> <laughs> So I wrote it and basically the message of the song was like, it doesn't matter what, if it, you know, it doesn't matter if it was an inside job or not. Like people had died. Yeah. And yeah. And then the second song I wrote was like also some rap song about, uh, so I'm taking you through like the whole list. So those early songs basically were just like super edgy. <laughs> the yeah. second one was about like, there was, damn, this is like when the rise of like Tumblr and, Mm. Uh, teen suicide was like super high oh shit yeah it's like when it was like that was the cool thing to do <laughs> was like to hate yourself yeah um and there was this there was this girl who killed herself i think her name was amanda Bynes, and i wrote like a uh a song like for her or something like that i didn't even know who she was, mm. it was just the case it was popular rest in peace amanda Bynes. was it like someone from your school or just someone that you heard on like the news no someone i just heard on the news oh, okay. yeah she was i i think she was the uh, one of the first like major cases that I can remember of like when that like whole 
when that whole epidemic, which I mean, still goes on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then after a couple songs like that, uh, is when my older sister, no, it was when my, my boy Travis showed me Eminem and I was like, well, this is super fucking sick. (laughs) (laughs) So then I wanted to be Eminem so bad rapping about like chainsaws and like blood and shit. (laughs) Yeah. It was fun. Like early, early Eminem was just a different dude. Yeah. style. Yeah. I mean, you listen back to him now is, you know, now when we were older, you listen back to him, you're like, damn, this shit was crazy. He was saying that shit too. Yeah. Like so comfortably, <laughs> you know, and he would have that, he had that one diss song too, um, with the music video to it. Was it, we made you maybe? Yeah. Like I remember in the music video, he made fun of like Michael Jackson. He made fun of like Jessica Simpson. Oh yeah. He made fun of like, like 10 different like celebrities and i was like damn i didn't get any of those references but i remember seeing that music video and just like oh eminem's the fucking goat yeah. <laughs> like yeah i mean he is like definitely one of the top rappers ever but. yeah but regardless though yeah those early recordings man like just super edgy and then uh also i mean that's also everything that i was listening to was uh it was like a lot of hip hop and a lot of rap, you know what I mean? And okay. at the time I also didn't understand like a lot of what uh maybe they were talking about. Mm. And so I just thought it was like the cool thing to do, so I'd be rapping about that kind of shit. Okay. Um, yeah, and then grew up a bit. And yeah, now it's developed. Okay. Are there any other artists cuz you mentioned Eminem, like were there any other artists that too like really inspired your musical style? Um like at that stage or later on, even now. I mean, Eminem was definitely like back in the day. It was like when I was definitely rapping. But now, people who really, really inspired me is uh, Serge Tonkin and System of a Down. Mm-hmm. Definitely like top of the list. Uh, like the musicality that they have and the attention to detail. And then. Other major influences right now is uh, mm, I'd have to go through my Spotify like it changes every week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like now we consume music differently where there's like different uh, we got different flavors like every every True. month or so. Right. But mm, man, I'm really like. Yeah, System of a Down, uh, I guess Dominic Fike right now. Oh, Brent Fias for sure. Like, as of right now, mm-hmm. as the people especially that are popping right now. Yeah. Oh, Shmino. Shmino, <laughs> yeah. Those are definitely, like, influences as of right now. Okay. Yeah. How would you describe your musical style now to someone who, like, didn't know you made music? What would you describe to it? Hmm. Man, right now, uh, I would say I got a lot of, a lot of like rock and indie influences for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, okay. I'm remembering like other artists now on your other question. Okay. I like just said that. Yeah. I'm like, uh, but yeah, definitely a lot of, definitely a lot of like rock and indie influences. And also, uh, I want to say like some jazz influences as well. Mm. yeah like Anderson Pack. Um, oh yeah yeah Anderson Pack. man he's a goat <laughs> he's a goat <laughs> man like I feel like anytime he hops on a song with somebody like that song just 
immediately. He's a, it's a cheat code, you know? Yeah. It's going to boost you up. <laughs> Action Pack is the cheat code. Yeah. I remember there was a stretch very similarly, like Kendrick Lamar, I want to say from like 2013 to 2017. Mm. He was mm. doing like collabs with everyone, like Taylor Swift to, you know, Schoolboy. And like anytime they did a song with Kendrick, it would take it up. Like I feel like that's what Anderson Pack has been since like 2018. Mm. You know, like the game mm. did a song with them and it just went shh. You know, yeah. now Bruno Mars is doing music with him. I'm just like, oh shit! Like, this dude, this dude's climbed it up the ladder really quick. Yeah, not even really quick, but just you know, like he climbed up and it's like now he's there. I feel like it's been well. I was actually looking back into some of Anderson Pack and his his climb was like super gradual. You know, mm-hmm. he uh, like he was he even said he's like I don't know he's like I saw all all these other people like Kendrick and J Cole and everyone blowing up around that time. Mm-hmm. He said this in an interview and he's like and I remember thinking like damn why is my music blown up. And it wasn't until he was like twenty six or seven, or maybe even twenty eight. Yeah, is when he like met Dre, and then that's when his career had shifted. You know, that was like pivotal. And yeah, man, like, and Anderson Pack, man, you can tell he's a <laughs> like you can tell like like he he's taking a lot of time on his on his craft. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, he's definitely slow cooked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, like you can hear all the, you can hear like, you can hear the hard work they put into his music. Right. So how do you as an artist have that patience that Anderson Pac was talking about mm-hmm. when you see other people blow up, whether it's someone that you know or just someone that you've been following, how do you keep that patience for your own music? Uh, I just keep my eyes on my own paper mm-hmm. and I just take myself like, each day at a time because that's all you can do right i remember when i was younger especially when i first first started like 2017 was probably when i first oh yeah 2017 is when i first started being like okay so this is what i want to do with music Mm -hmm. is become an artist producer get in the industry and uh yeah i remember at first i felt like i was always in a rush you know i had all this anxiety of like okay i gotta you know do this do this do this and then my shit would never measure up even to what my own expectations were mm. especially because you just started you know what I mean um and then yeah slowly but surely like I started to really understand and internalize the idea that like your time your time comes when you're ready um and so I just make sure that I'm patient you know I'm really in a place right now where I'm really focused on just falling in love with the process Mm. and understanding that understanding like right now is gonna right now might hurt you know what I mean but it's gonna be it's gonna be worth it to get my music to where it is I want you know Mm -hmm. cause like I feel like people mistake being an artist for it's just like a free ride it's like a little vacation that oh you get to make like little arts and crafts and then (laughs) blow up like nah you gotta work like way harder than everybody else and and on top of that you gotta love doing it because like you gotta choose what it is you're gonna suffer for Mm. you know and i think like just compare it to like the normal nine to five like there's a lot of suffering there so would you rather Mm. the way i see it is like would you rather suffer and do something you like whether it's make music or make a podcast or just any form of the art and expressing yourself Mm. and kind of go that route or would you rather suffer you know in the office type cubicle type setting and you know make a good salary and have certain benefits 
in your favor, but yeah. you're also sacrificing a lot of your time, a lot of your creativity and stuff like that too, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, you're just weighing your options. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, none of us are trying to do this cause we want to work a regular job but that you got to understand that means something entirely more, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but granted, like right now, if that's where it is that we have to be, then it's like, okay, so be it. Right. Because, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a nine-to-five, you know. I feel like people – that's the other thing, too, is people kind of, like, criminalize the, you know, the nine-to-five. And mm. I feel like for some people, like, that's that's cool. You know, if that's you and that's what you want to do, that's fine, you know. Yeah. Like, those people aren't necessarily always, like, just freaking squares, boring-ass <laughs> people, you know what I mean? Yeah, Some yeah. of the litest people I know <laughs> literally <laughs> work, literally work, like, nine-to-fives. But – uh yeah man like but first and foremost before like all these big dreams about um you know working just as an artist exclusively is like i feel like you gotta bring it down to a really humble level Mm -hmm. and just uh like sharpen your blade you know yeah really really be fucking cut before you say okay i'm ready to swim with the sharks yeah okay yeah makes sense so what areas would you still like to see yourself growing as an artist and a musician mm. I mean as an artist like you don't really ever get uh, I want to say like satisfied with where it is that you're at you know you always want to push yourself to do better and in all areas you know I always want to improve and as of right now, like I'm really just making sure that making sure like I carve out my lane and that I make sure like I fucking ride that motherfucker. Like mm-hmm. I don't wanna like I don't wanna I don't I, I don't wanna get confused in, into thinking that I'm I am I want to be something that I'm not, you know? Mm-hmm. That's really where I'm at right now. Okay. Now, going back to some of, like, your latest music, whether it was 2020 or even this year's music, what has inspired some of those singles that you've put out? A lot of those singles uh, that I put out recently, they have actually a lot of music I put out recently has just been very, uh, like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not intrusive thoughts, but, like... Internal? Internal thoughts, yeah. And especially during, I mean, especially during the pandemic, you know, we've had all of us, we've got a lot more time with, I would say like with ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. like you really got to face yourself. And those are things I've been working out, you know, through the music, through other outlets as well. But definitely recently it's been just honest uh, experience and honest, you know, thoughts that I've had. And I mean, I don't really think about it too much when making it, you know, I just let the source would be like give me the give me the inspiration I need for that song give me the words whatever it is okay but then it's like after like I, I feel like it's always after when I realize like oh that's what this song is about mm. or like halfway through I'll find I'll realize like kind of where this is going you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah cause I think in like the song that you dropped earlier this year get some help with Jody Joe and man Ooh, and Sammy yeah. yeah that one was such a I thought that was very relatable coming off of the pandemic and coming off, like you said, all that time to yourself and a lot mm. of people 
we're just going through different things, you know, and I felt like it applied to a lot. Like when I listened to it, it not only applied to myself, but it just applied to like other friends or people that were close to me and their struggles that they were going through too, you know? And I thought that was like a very empowering song. Damn, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that song, at first, like it is very much in like a romantic context, but I mean, that, that hook gets some help. I hope you get some help. I hope you find yourself. Cause nothing else that I can do. Like, I remember it was I was just face to face with someone who they're my friend. You know, what I mean, this was not like a romantic yeah. context. But later, that's the thing is like the source, the muse, whatever it is that wherever it is it comes from, that it gives us that inspiration. Like you'll express. Uh, you just gotta allow yourself like to express however it is that you need to on that song. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess some help like that hook. I was really just talking about like, you know, some, a friend of mine or some friends where it's just like, damn, like I realize like there's nothing else I can do, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And I mean that, but yeah, man, thank you. I appreciate, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And just to kind of elaborate, like for me, it's tough. Cause I feel like, you know, working with kids, you kind of help them grow, but sometimes you want to see, at least I do I want to see my friends still grow too and that could be challenging or even like family members it doesn't have to be just friends just people in your circle that you care about you want to see them continue to grow or continue to do whatever and and, you know they're going through their own struggles and they'll share it with you but you never like no one's in a position to tell anyone like what they should or shouldn't do right and Mm -hmm. I I never try to be in that position but it's also it's just tough to like kind of watch someone you know go through their struggles and, and maybe fall off a little bit and you know it's just challenging to watch from that third person perspective yeah i mean i'm sure like you understand more than anyone that people are going to do what they want to do especially yeah. like when you're working especially when you're working with uh you know with kids and especially when you're handling family members like yeah people are going to do what it is that they want to do mm-hmm. and i think it's important though to you know to check your homies and to tell them like and tell your friends like if you see them if you see them messing up or whatever but not overextending yourself uh you know what i mean not overextending yourself and not having those people maybe become dependent on you mm-hmm. and it's important to it's important to set boundaries like that okay so what other music or projects are you working on for this upcoming year in 2021 for 2021 Honestly, any music that I put out right now is for the city and for uh, the people that have been, you know, rocking with me since the beginning. Mm. Like right now, it's really, that's really what uh, the goal is for 2021. Just something to, you know, give back to them for everything they've given to me. Mm. And... Yeah, we got. I got a couple things cooking up. Okay. Yeah. Right on. What do you want your legacy to be? Not even just as an artist, but like as a person when mm. it's all said and done. Mm. Well. Hmm. I suppose that all I want to do is just inspire people, you know? I just want to inspire people to do and be the greatest that you know they can be, and inspire people to like feel comfortable around themselves. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Did someone do that? Was there an inspiration that did that for you? Yeah, I've had a couple people like that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah, I remember, uh, yeah, I remember, like, first, man, my boy Henry, like, he, uh, he was, like, my best friend in high school, and then he, uh, I remember, though, he was, like, the coolest motherfucker on the planet, <laughs> and, yeah, he just introduced me to a lot of, uh, he also introduced me to a lot of, like, classic rock music and shit, too. Okay. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he's definitely, he was definitely, like, one of those people that hit inspired me just to be like more comfortable you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and just not give a fuck like dude that dude did not give a fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't let anyone talk to him any kind of way uh i mean even to teachers you know what i mean like sometimes it would just come off as like you know ignorant whatever like we're fucking 18 19 whatever but yeah yeah but that's my fucking boy okay right on now before we wrap things up i do like to ask these like introspective questions to kind of help the audience to get to know you a little bit better Mm. So if you could talk to any person or multiple people, dead or alive, who would you want to talk to the most? Damn. Hmm. I would say, I would say Serge Tonkin. Hmm. Yeah, from System of a Down, definitely. That's one person. The other person is definitely like I definitely. This is one of my goals is to meet Gary V and just ask him like hey. some weird. But like I want to ask him questions like, like pick his brain a little bit because, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just I see like how it is that he moves. That dude's fucking incredible. He's a beast. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I don't know. I just want to ask him some questions that maybe he hasn't heard before. Mm. and just see like that's tough he's been on a lot of different shit yeah man. you know what I mean but yeah. definitely like but also I want to ask I want to talk to I want to talk to Serge one day cause uh, that dude I mean he's a that, that dude's a genius like not only musically but he's really in tune with what goes on uh, like around him and in the world you know yeah yeah he has a lot of like activism in Armenia and all that oh wow yeah and I just want to see cause um, like <laughs> Asking now, I'm talking all these hypotheticals as if I'm talking to Serge. But <laughs> no, it's all right. Definitely Serge Tonkin. Okay, and I, I think going back to Gary V too, because I'm familiar with like his work and his podcast mm-hmm. and different things that he speaks at. He's so like, like upfront about certain things, and like I know at least me when I like when I tell a kid to do something, I, I work like it, it, I usually try and like beat around it, like beat around the bush. I try not to be too harsh with it. Like yeah. Gary V's approach is just like fuck all that. Just he's he's just harsh with he it. He would look at your kid and be like, he'd be like, you're in second grade, drop out, start a business. What are you fucking doing? Yeah, like, yeah. He, he doesn't. He doesn't care. But it, it but he's. I mean, I want to say he doesn't care. He talks that, like he doesn't care, but he does have some like empathy to him. You know but I mean, he, tell me that's not like some of the shit he says is not like psychotic. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Loki is. But uh, I mean, I think to, in order to be like that kind of success the way he is and, and kind of rise up the way he did because he doesn't come from generational wealth he mm. you know he comes from like an immigrant background and yeah everything you know like that's uh in order to like win so big sometimes you gotta gamble big mm. and he's had gambles where he's won really big but he's also had some gambles where he loses and yeah. some not every like not everything he says is gonna hit but i think you know people he like, does have a lot of like gems though for sure he's definitely oh, yeah. like one of the things though i've definitely picked up from gary v is like um damn what's he said Oh yeah, he's like, if you're willing to eat shit for two to ten years just to get started, he's like, you got it what it takes. And I'm like, damn, like, yeah, 
I'm like, but yeah, let's eat some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's fucking do it. Like, yeah, and and I, I just I like his message too. Like, it's always like pursue something that you like, you know, pursue something that you love doing, and uh, it, it's not. And his thing also that he talks about is like it's never too late to reinvent yourself. Mm, Going mm-hmm. back to your song, get some help. I, I have a lot of friends who kind of like feel stuck. Mm, it's just like, yo, like yeah. we're we're living in our twenties, bro. Like, like if we like the average lifespan. He always talks about this, Gary V. It's like till you're almost 80 now, you know, like that's like 50 years that we still have to live on average if everyone mm-hmm. lives an average life. So, you know, why not like go out and make those changes, you know, because the more you wait, the harder, I think the harder it gets. Obviously. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. then you have more things to tie you down, whether it is kids or a job or a house or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. I don't know. I like Gary V. I think another, oh, another person I was, that I would definitely want to talk to is, uh, is, uh, yeah, Miss Angelou. Okay. Yeah, she uh, she's a beautiful woman. She has a very strong way of speaking. Yeah. Right on. All right, next question. If you could have any toppings on a pizza, what would they be? Damn, any toppings? Yeah, any. <laughs> All right, bro, gloves are off. <laughs> Jalapeno. And pineapple. Okay. <laughs> Jalapeno and pineapple, not bad. If you if you were stranded on the island and food and water provided, what are three things you want to bring to pass the time? Okay, so food. I don't need to worry about food or water. Right, and you couldn't like package things. So like, if you you wanted to play basketball, you could package a basketball in a hoop. You know what I mean? Okay, so that's like a one item. Yeah, that's one instead so, of like two. Okay, well I'm gonna steal that one for sure. <laughs> <sighs> um, second one would be a piano. Mm. And the third one would be <laughs> would be uh, a cell phone with great reception. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If if you could be reincarnated to like any animal, what would it be? Damn. Reincarnated to any animal. Hmm. Mm. Maybe like. I don't know, fucking koala bear. They don't do shit all day. Like, <laughs> they just vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just vibe and people love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all they do. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. get higher from eating freaking, what's it called? Uh, those plants. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, those are, <laughs> that's a nice animal. Yeah. Now, last question. If you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Damn. <laughs> Man, to younger, to younger Blake, uh, I would tell him like, just don't think about it so hard. Mm. Don't think about everything so hard, mm. and understand that you got it. Mm. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Now go ahead and promote anything that you have either coming up or stuff that you have out now, where they can find your music. If you want to find my music, I'm on uh, I'm on Spotify and I'm on SoundCloud, Apple Music, wherever it is that you need to listen or you want to listen to music, and you can find me on the internet. Right now on Instagram at Innovator, spelled with three N's. Okay, awesome. All right, thank you, my man. Yeah, thank you again for being on the show. And- yeah, man, Boom, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. I am Noah Alvarez. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow the podcast. Be sure to check out Blake Jones' music. Like he said at the end of the show, you can check out all of his music, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on google play whether it's on spotify whether it's on soundcloud or apple music check out blake jones and some of the music that he has coming out 
that is already out or that's going to be coming out relatively soon. Also, guys, if you really like that conversation with Blake Jones or any of the other podcast episodes, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It takes maybe two to three minutes of your time, and I would greatly appreciate it. Also, new people who stumble across this podcast would greatly appreciate it, too. So do yourself a favor. Do me a favor and leave a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate that. Don't forget to follow them on Mike and I Instagram page at my period Mike and period I. I like to promote audio and visual snippets on the show, like to promote things that uh, I also have done individually or some of the artists that I've had on the show or anybody who I've had on the show and anything that they're trying to promote. Sometimes I'll incorporate them too on the podcast Instagram's feed. So be sure to check out that platform and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez for more podcast related stuff and just, you know, some funny thoughts, sports takes, all that kind of good stuff. Be sure to check out true100radio.com as well. Spell T-R-U, the number one, 100radio.com for podcasts like you're doing Find Me, huh? For podcasts like Charge It to the Game. For podcasts like The Morning Routine, A Sip of Crime, Front Row Seat. All kinds of good podcasts up on that platform. So be sure to check it out. That's T-R-U, the number one, 100radio.com. Now like I end every show, be sure to chase your dream, not checks. Never stop seeking knowledge, and I hope you guys continue to battle whatever obstacles that you're currently facing at the moment. And you know, man, it's April. Continue to strive forward. We got Earth Day coming up. We got, you know, then it'll be right into May. We got the May holidays. We got Single de Mayo. We got, I believe, Mother's Day's in May. So we got a bunch of stuff coming up. So I you know, hope you guys are, you know, working on yourselves, taking care of your mental, taking care of any other obstacles that you may be taking care of. Remember, just one day at a time. You don't have to do everything right away. I guess that's more of a reminder for myself because sometimes I'll be trying to do everything in one day, in one sitting. So hope you guys are enjoying life right now. And without further ado, that'll wrap it up for another episode. I'm Noah Alvarez, the host of the My Mike and I podcast, signing off. Till next time.